Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, good Wednesday afternoon and welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort, that's the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Man, would the last couple of days have been nice to be on the golf course? I mean, just, you know, tipping the scales at 80 on the last day of February, nearly 80 on the first day of March. Not bad. Plan your trip. Book your tee time online at Dancing Rabbit Golf. Dot com. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad, we would love to visit with you this afternoon. We can do that on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business packs by world-class IT experts who live where you do. That's right here in ceasefire country. Thanks for being with us. Uh, I mean, if you thought basketball was boring on a Wednesday, you were just wrong. Just plain wrong. The SEC Women's Basketball Tournament, first game of the day, maybe second game of the day, I I don't know, uh, featuring Florida. the second. Okay. I think think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the first one was earlier. Florida and Kentucky, two teams that were not particularly good this year, and Umbridge was taken after a made basket Kentucky's player kind of grabbed the ball as it came through the net and kind of forcefully handed it off into the face of a Florida player. And she took umbrage to that, and she turned, and with the player about six feet away from her, winds up and throws the basketball at her. Just a bit outside. I mean, from six feet away, shouldn't you be able to hit her? I mean, she missed her by four feet with the basketball. And then she starts chasing after the player, and there was a bit of a scrum. Kind of, it wasn't a full-on fight, but I mean, they never are. Very rarely. Very if you're going to get ejected from a game for fighting, you should fight. That especially applies in baseball. I love seeing the headline on ESPN: "Benches clearing brawl in Oakland," and then you watch the video, and it's like, no, no brawl. Bench is cleared. They yelled at each other. Maybe a couple shoves. No brawl, though. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't really a brawl. 
was uh, was not the uh, was not the case. Eight players ejected. Eight ejected. So it's a little little excitement, a little brouhaha on a yeah. uh, on a Wednesday in the women's SEC tournament. What's up, guys? Good to be back with you. Speaking of basketball and excitement, by the way, this headline, not for you, because you never really engaged in, in this kind of behavior, but uh, hey, Dad will get this one, and a lot of you out there uh, will find this somewhat relatable. Matthew Mayer, or Meyer, either one, plays basketball for Illinois, got beat by Ohio State, I believe, uh, over the weekend, or recently, uh, but he's been out the last few days, hasn't been at practice, and hadn't been around, and finally met with the media, and they asked him why, and he said he's been sick with caffeine poisoning. He drank five Monster Energy drinks while playing video games on Sunday after they got back from Columbus and lost to Ohio State. Oh. So he got sick on five Monster Energies while grinding Call of Duty, apparently. How much? Just let me kick you in the groin next time. It'll just be easier. And that was Sunday. It's Wednesday, and he practiced for the first time today. I'm curious how much caffeine is in a monster. 86 milligrams of caffeine. He apparently had five of them. So, uh, <laughs> quick math. That's what uh, eight times five is. A, a 12 ounce Coke is 34 milligrams for, uh, for reference. Oh. Oh. So that's so uh, like two what? and a half times the Coke. 430 milligrams of caffeine? Yeah. <laughs> what is the daily allowance <laughs> of caffeine? So this is like drinking a 12-pack of Coke, basically. Pretty much. Wait, how much is, in a, how much is in a normal one? In a Coke? 34. All right, so that's like, it's, yeah, I mean, a little bit well, more. Ten would that. be. It's like drinking, like, yeah, it's it's like thirteen cokes. Says um, four hundred milligrams is a safe amount of caffeine for a day, and he did this all at one. There's got to be something else going on. In one, I mean, this was after playing a basketball game. Hmm. So it could be that his body was all in one know, city. deficient of, of some other stuff. Also, I mean, makes monsters, you wonder. not only caffeine, it's full of sugar, too. So, I mean, you drank a ton of sugar, a ton of caffeine. Yeah, I mean, it's possible you get sick. Makes you wonder about Ed Ogeron's ability to metabolize caffeine and sugar. <laughs> not With the human. Red Bulls that he was crushing. Yeah. yeah. Well, when your brain is literally a marble brick, I guess it doesn't affect you the same way. A marble brick. Yeah. Okay. Yesterday was busy as we just kind of uh, we kind of lollygag our way into uh, into the show this afternoon. Oh, we lollygagged the first. Should let you know that uh, Will Hall is going to join us in our very next segment. So eight minutes from right now, we will visit with the head coach of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. They have gotten spring practice underway in Hattiesburg. And uh, look forward to uh, to talking with uh, Will Hall coming up in uh, in just a little while. You had 
Basketball in Starkville, must-win game for Mississippi State, and they did, though it was not easy. Um, Ole Miss hosted Texas A&M in basketball last night. They did not win. Played played hard and was close pretty much the whole way, but did not win. Um, you had baseball there in Oxford. Win can't lose. There is the um, the the SEC in baseball yesterday went eleven and one. The one was Ole Miss losing at home to Louisiana Tech yesterday. You had baseball in Pearl last night with Mississippi State and Southern Miss, and. Um, Mississippi State wins the game, come from behind fashion. There was some uh, there was some impressiveness to the comeback, and there probably was some frustration on the Southern Miss side of things for maybe a little bit of a giveaway. Kind of all rolled into one. That's usually how it works when you uh, when you get a big come from behind victory. So a lot of stuff yesterday, but hey, Dad, certainly at the top of the list is uh, Mississippi State basketball. From last night, getting the win. Yeah, did what they had to do. Uh, you know, not a pretty win by any stretch of the imagination, but they got the win. Uh, their net took a little bit of a hit, down to forty-four, which you know probably means they probably need to beat Vanderbilt. Any idea that they were going to be able to not win that game and still get in? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. But the bottom line is, State's won eight of its last ten. They're playing some of their best basketball. They're hot at the right time. If they can go to Vanderbilt and win on Saturday, they'll, they'll be in, and there'll be no questions asked about that, regardless of what happens in the SEC tournament. Mississippi State would be in with one more win. Joe Lunardi has Mississippi State currently at number 43. They are the first of the last four in, which would mean a trip to Dayton on the Monday, or was it? The, I guess it would be the Tuesday or Wednesday before the big bracket begins as, uh, what, an 11 seed? Uh, right. They are just in front of Nevada, Arizona State, and Wisconsin. They are just behind Auburn, West Virginia, Boise State, and Memphis. Those are the last four in in reverse order. Auburn plays at Alabama tonight. And yeah, that's just about to bring that up. Auburn's in a, a little bit of a tailspin. They are headed to Coleman Coliseum to play an in-state rival who has a chance to cut down the nets tonight. Alabama can clinch the SEC regular season with a win tonight. So that is a tough assignment for the Auburn Tigers, but could be good for Auburn's Mississippi lost State. Five of, they've lost five of seven, has Auburn. They play Alabama tonight, and they finish the season Saturday with Tennessee. Yeah. So a chance to, I mean, really bottom out here if you're Alabama or Auburn, if you can't get it done, and that would be a big boost for Mississippi State, I think. I don't think there's any question Auburn could play itself out of the NCAA tournament over the next two, over the next what four days? 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. They would go to Nashville needing a couple of wins. That's surprising. I feel like a month and yes. a half ago or so, one of you two was like, "I don't know about Auburn," and I can't remember which one of you it was. I thought they were well, starting I mean, they to trend State, in the wrong direction. And when they played State, if State had been able to hit. Two three pointers, they would have won the game. But instead, they were yeah. 0 of 18. Yeah. Um, so, State did what they had to do last night and 
They keep their NCAA tournament hopes alive with a big one, a big one in Nashville on Saturday. Back with you after this with Will Hall on the Farm Bureau guest line. listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Middle of the week with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Farm Bureau guest line. Let's check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Will Hall joins us right now, head football coach at the University of Southern Mississippi. And Will, always appreciate some of your time. You know, I, I kind of did a double take when I saw that you guys had already started spring practice. It, it feels like it has gotten here in a hurry, maybe just a touch earlier start than some. But, man, we're at the first of March. It, it's time. Yeah, it really is, you know, and we've always done it early here. It's just what I've always done as a head coach everywhere I've been. I like, I mean, shoot, what what is there better to do this time of year? You know, you got them in there, we we lift them and work them out for about five or six weeks, and then we stretch spring ball out over a long period of time. We only practice three times a week. We go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, so we can really hit each other and be physical and have off days in between and go slow and really – Treat it like football school, if you will. We really train them on situations and just playing the game the right way. And it, and uh, it's always been good for us. And then if you have a guy get hurt, uh, he can still make it back for the season. And, uh, man, we're three days in. We had our first day in pads yesterday. We'll tackle for the first time tomorrow. And uh, we're excited about where we're at with our program. You know that uh, that Jimmy Buffett had a, a concert tour that was called Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays? I did not, but that fires me up even more because I'm a huge – it's fitting that I'm the head coach of Southern Miss for a lot of reasons, but one that people don't know about is me and my wife are big Buffett fans. We've been to a bunch of concerts, and uh, I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that about Buffett. And, uh, man, I hope I hope I get a chance to meet him one day because I'm a huge, huge Buffett fan. Well, if you don't get a chance to meet him, you should at least knock on Scott Barry's door and tell him that you need one of those Jimmy Buffett-themed jerseys that they roll out once a year. Those are cool. <laughs> There's no doubt, man. Coach Barry does a phenomenal job. He's just a great man and does a great job you know, marketing his program, too, with stuff like that and embracing everything that Southern Miss has to offer. Hey, I, I want to ask you one big-picture thing about kind of the department as a whole because I know you were, were there for some basketball. I know you're proud of the job that uh, uh, that Coach Ladner's done with, with hoops this year, winning the conference tournament. I know you're a big baseball fan, and you and Scott are, are close. Just tell me about the relationship within the department uh, among the head coaches. It's just a really neat time to be at Southern Miss, you know, from the top all the way down. You know, when you talk about Dr. Joe Paul, to Jeremy McLean as our athletic director, you know, all the way to when you talk about Scott Berry and, and Jay Ladner and me and, and Joy McNellis and, and so on and so on. You've got a bunch of people that just really, really get Southern Miss. And, you know, every place has positives that you want to accentuate. Every place has things you want to cover up and try to stay away from. And everybody in leadership positions right now really understands Southern Miss and all that we have to offer, uh, what our – niche is in recruiting and what we have to sell 
And we kind of all are people that embrace that. We love that. And, man, I can't say how excited I am to be here. I love this place. And I'm excited about how we've built it. I know we've done it the right way. It hasn't happened as fast as what everybody wants nowadays, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. But going into year three, if you'd have told me this would be our roster going into our third season when we got hired, we would have definitely taken it. So along those lines, in terms of inside your head, and I don't know if you've ever laid this out. I'm sure you have somewhere along the way. Kind of your schedule, right? You you, you get the job. If we're being honest, you know that the first year is probably going to be difficult, and and it was. But but you finish strong. You take a step forward last year, six in the regular season, and honestly, two or three that you can probably point to. You're like, you know, this could have been a nine-win season, but then you win the bowl game. And so now you're going into year three. You, you, you just mentioned the roster kind of where you want it. D- do you feel like you're on schedule? Oh, man. You know, I, I think that when we inherited the program, the program was uh, not on solid footing. You know, I mean, it's just right. been a really tough time. From the standpoint, there were so many unforeseen circumstances from all the different coaching changes to COVID hitting at the same time to the portal becoming a thing all at the same time. So you just came into a depleted roster situation in so many ways. Uh, and, and we didn't make excuses going through it. You know, we, we, we embraced it because we wanted to sell belief and sell what Southern Miss could be because I really believe like I've always said, that we can be that best group of five football program in America. Again, I think we've got everything in place to do it. But to do that, it takes consistent uh, work over time. And and now we're two years in. And my own schedule, you know, man, I always want to win more. I, I wish we would have won more. Uh, I know I'm proud of where we're at. I'm proud of what we've done academically. I'm proud of what we've done with our culture and how we're impacting lives. I really think our kids are doing things right off the field. We just uh, – we're at the point now where we're in every game. We were in every game last year in year two. You know, we could have won several more. We could have lost several more. But outside sure. of one game, we really were in every one of them. And now we got to take that next step and start winning more close games and maybe even winning a few games that aren't close, you know. And, and uh, we got a really difficult schedule. Uh, we play two power fives next year that are really good. We play the best – what was the best group of five team in the country? They won 11 games in Tulane. We played them, too. So it's probably going to be our hardest schedule that this staff's had since we've been here. It'll probably be the hardest one we'll ever have here, to be honest with you. But, man, with that comes great opportunity as well. And um, we're not young anymore. We are deep. So I think the future's bright. I think we're going to have a special season, you know, at some point over the next few years. Visiting with Will Hall, head football coach at Southern Miss. They are three practices into spring ball. Told us just a minute ago they'll kind of spread it out a little longer than uh, than some teams do. The very first time we talked, Will, after you got the Southern Miss job, you talked to me about the quarterback position, the pressure that you put on that position, the expectation, maybe that's a better way to say it, that, that you put on that particular spot because you run everything through your quarterback Talk to me about the quarterback spot going into year three. Yeah, you know, obviously that's been a much maligned uh, situation since I've been here, and, and that's fair. We've not produced at that position like we should have. You know, that, that is, uh, that's been disappointing for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I've, I've certainly got to take responsibility in that, and I have. 
You know, we're a place that's always been great at quarterback. At Southern Miss, we've been great through the years, and, and my programs have been, always been great. That's the reason I got this job, because we've always been great at quarterback and been great on offense. We're in a situation going into year three where we're the oldest we've ever been at that position. We brought in two transfers here at mid-year, uh, a young man named Billy Wiles that transferred in from Clemson, and then a young man named Holman Edwards that transferred in from Houston. And uh, both of them, you know, have been in great programs where they, you know, Houston won 11 games two years ago. And, of course, Clemson's done what they've done. So they know what great programs look like. They know how to win. They're tough guys. They're leaders and winners. We got Zach Wilkie back who started several games as a true freshman last year. And uh, then we brought in another true freshman, uh, uh, Ethan Crawford out of Hillcrest in Alabama, who had a great chance to be the player of the year in Alabama. Hmm. Uh, before he was injured late in the year. So we've got more competition in the room. We're older there now, and uh, they're, they're just really good players. They've got great skill sets, and, and they're leaders and winners. And So I think we're going to have, you know, we're, we're going to have the best uh, set of foundation right there that, 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 that we've had in, since we've been here. Last thing for you, you got about a minute and a half left. Would you yep. trade Frank Gore Jr. for any other running back in America? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, man, but Frank's my guy. You know, uh, me and Frank me and Frank are kindred spirits in so many ways. I think he would tell you that, too. Uh, he, he wakes up every day with a chip on his shoulder, and so do I. Uh, you know, I was a short guy as a player, too, and Frank's not the biggest guy in the world. Frank's got a smile. That lights up a room. Frank really has accepted the responsibility of who he is and who he's become and understands that uh, his ability to impact everybody around him in this program and outside of this program is great. And we talk to our kids all the time about, man, you know, everybody wants to be blessed. Everybody wants to receive a blessing, but not everybody wants to accept the responsibilities that come with being blessed. Hmm. And Frank really has accepted that responsibility of all the blessings the good Lord's given him. And, man, he just really touches people in a positive way and lifts others up. And Lord willing, he can stay healthy again. I think he's got a chance to leave this place as one of the all-time greats. And this is a place that's got tons of history and tradition, and, and uh, we're excited about what the future holds for him and us. Yeah, there certainly have been some good guys come through there in terms of running backs, but he is as fun to watch, I think, as, as any player that uh, has ever been there at Southern Miss. Will, always appreciate your time. Wish you guys not only a, a good spring practice, but a healthy spring practice, and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. I appreciate it. I want to leave you with this, man. I tell people all the time, if you're not a Southern Miss fan, you root for somebody else, that's fine. Just when your team's not playing, root for us because we're doing it the right way with values that this state believes in and with Mississippi kids that a lot of people know, and, and we're working hard to represent this state the right way. So I really appreciate you guys having me. You're doing a fantastic job. We always appreciate the time. That's Will Hall joining us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Take a quick time out. We'll be back, and we will uh, we'll unpack some of what he talked about and get to some of the other things that are happening on this Wednesday next on Sports Talk Mississippi. what we do next keep it moving buddy you can be a part of sports talk mississippi 
888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Spending four days in darkness, you give quotes like, Now it feels like there are two very beautiful options that both feel really nourishing and special. You talking about A-Rod? Hey, Raj? Yeah, he's... <sighs> the fact that that is new... It, it... What I don't like about Aaron Rodgers, though, go be weird. If you want to go be, be weird and do darkness retreats or whatever, you're a life man. Go go do your thing. If you want to, you know, what what is it, smoke ayahuasca and, like, see weird visual stuff? I mean, I just played Pink Floyd, right? By the way, I think Dark Side of the Moon album. 50 Years Today? 50 Years Today. Um, Are you impressed that I knew that? Yes, I am. Surprised? Um, yeah, honestly. Because, you know. Yeah, I know. But great album. But if, if you want to go do your ayahuasca, if you th- that's fine, man. But don't as a, a Hall of Fame quarterback who is coming up on a decision to either retire, remain in Green Bay, which seems unlikely at this point, or sign with a half a dozen, I mean, a dozen teams that would take you in a heartbeat. And then you go on a podcast with Pat McAfee and say, why do people care so much about what I'm doing? I don't understand why people care. It's just my life. Like, it's my decision. Because you're a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and and half the league wants you to play for them, and you're going to get high in some darkness retreat. Don't pretend like what you're doing and who you are is not newsworthy to people. That arrogance drives me. You think he got high while he was there? I mean, come on. A darkness retreat in Oregon? Yeah, he was doing something weird in there. Maybe he was just meditating. I Either way, I mean, meditating, sure. Then he was getting high on life. But the, 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 are we uh, are we talking about uh, marijuana? But the arrogance of why do you guys care so much? Shut up. Hey, you, Dad, do you, you think he got high care? while he was in the darkness? Yes. One hundred percent, yes. He wanted to see. I don't some think things. you can go. I think it's. I think it's state law that if you go on any kind of retreat in Oregon, you have to get high. Mm. Oh. It's part of your care package. Aaron Rodgers said that he found an inner joint. peace during his four-day darkness retreat last week with whatever his football future holds, but did not reveal what the decision is or even whether he has made one. He was on the Aubrey Marcus podcast and said. It's best for anybody who has an interest to make a decision sooner rather than later. Went on to say, I feel really good about the conversations that are going to be had, that have been had with important people in my life, yourself included, and that helped orient me. But I'm not looking for somebody to tell me what the answer is. All the answers are right inside me. And I touched on many of them. (laughs) And definitely the feelings on both sides during the darkness, and I'm thankful for that time. There's a finality to the decision, and I don't make it lightly. Oh, one more. Here we go. I don't want to drag anyone, anybody around. Look, I'm, I'm answering questions about it because they asked about it. I'm talking about it because it's important to me. If you don't like it, if you think it's drama, if you think I'm being a diva or whatever, just tune it out. 
It's fine. This is my life. It's important to me. And I'll make a decision soon enough, and then we'll go down that road and be really excited about it. I would be really excited if he suited up for the Saints next year, but... See, they, I knew there was a, an underlying something. No, I mean, that, that, that was not going to happen. It's, to your anger and to your sentiment. It's Jets or Raiders for, uh, for that guy, but... The Raiders. The Raiders. Hey, Dad, which one of those spots would be better for Aaron Rodgers, Raiders or Jets? Oof. That's two bad teams. Um, probably the Raiders because oh, are the Jets I don't know, bad? New York. Yeah, they're not good. The Jets are quarterback bad. I think they're roster good. I just don't. I'm just trying to picture. You know the way he's talking today. How does he do in the New York media market? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know that the market matters in the NFL. It's such a big national thing. Regardless, I don't know if it matters what market you're in in the NFL. I will say this. I saw, um, I've seen mock-ups, photoshops of him in both uh, Jets gear and Raiders gear. The man looks like he was made to wear a Raiders jersey, not so much a Jets jersey. I don't know why it, it looked odd, but it did. Different shade of green, I, I don't know. All right, so good conversation a few minutes ago with, uh, with Will Hall, the head football coach at Southern Miss. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays was a Jimmy Buffett tour, by the way. Glad he he learned that along the way. Um, what do you make of the whole spreading spring practice out? I mean, to me, there there if you're a player, there's part of it that you like. You're like, okay, we're not going to hit it too hard. It's going to be kind of spread out. But then when you're talking about spring ball, isn't there a part of it as a player where you're like? Let's pack in 15 practices in three and a half weeks, four weeks, and then shut it down. I don't know. It's interesting, for for sure. I, I imagine keeping their attention for longer is probably part of the deal, right? Keeping them locked in to, to football as opposed to just you work out and go to class and then go to the frat house. You know, it's got to wake up go to practice tomorrow for a month and a half, basically. Uh, as opposed to just a couple of weeks or, or three weeks or whatever. Just keep them locked in longer? Maybe so. Maybe something to that. State's doing the same thing. I mean, they start practice next week. They have two practices next week on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, and, of course, that'll last all the way. I mean, it's March 7th is when practice starts. And the so, spring game is on April the 15th. So they'll practice twice and then break for spring break for a week. And then yeah. they'll come back and... Carry on, man. I believe that's correct. Yes, our, our, our high school and college dramatically different things, but our high school coaches on purpose would start our spring practice right before spring break, and then the practice the day we came back from spring break was always brutal on purpose, like people vomiting everywhere and stuff. It was the hardest <laughs> practice we ever had. Uh, no matter what we did, the first after spring practice was always the hardest practice we had. It's like they enjoyed making us just. Upchuck everything that happened at Myrtle Beach. So you were a big high school spring break trip guy? We we did more. So spring break's bigger here than it was there. Uh, for us, it was, we called it first week. The first week of summer is when everybody got out of town and, and mostly went to Myrtle Beach. But spring break here is huge. It wasn't so much like that 
back home. It's just we didn't have football practice the day after first week, so they had to get us when they could. Yeah. You can uh, you can join the conversation on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Um Check out cspire.com for all of the deals that they've got uh, for both wireless service and the wireless devices. Again, online at cspire.com. We remind you, please, don't text and drive. Bigger picture on Southern Miss football. I asked ask Will Hall, is he on schedule? And it felt like he wanted to say yes but I don't think he ever allows himself to be satisfied, and he always wants more than, than they've accomplished. But I felt like deep down he wanted to say, man, this thing was a mess when I took over. And so, yeah, to go to a bowl game and win it in year two and have the roster close to where I want it to be in year three, yeah, I, I feel like we're on or maybe even ahead of schedule. He didn't say that. What do you guys think? It felt like... That it felt like he was saying that without saying it. I hate to put words in his mouth, but that's kind of how it felt. But the team could be significantly better than last year's team, and the record not improve much. He's not kidding about the schedule. I mean, not only is it is Florida State on there and Mississippi State on there, obviously both on the road. They've got to go to Appalachian State as well as South Alabama. I mean, and Louisiana for what it's worth. But that schedule is brutal. And Tulane's on it. Now, I know Tulane lost a bunch, but still, that's a Tulane team that just beat Southern Cal. That is a brutal schedule. And so the team could be a lot better, and the record not reflect how much better they are. They did beat Southern Cal. They did not beat Southern Miss last season. Fact. So I just think uh... if that team, the way they've played, if if they can get consistency at the quarterback position, which they haven't had in two years now, they're they're going to be uh, you know I don't know if they'll be a challenger for the Sun Belt title but they'll be they'll be pushing for eight wins or, or or more I think. I mean, when you're talking about non-conference, you're going SWAC with Alcorn State, ACC with Florida State, probably a top ten team to start the season, Cotton Bowl yeah. champ in Tulane in week three, and then oh yeah, next to last game of the regular season, got to go on the road to an SEC spot. In Mississippi State, mm-hmm. that's they can the get non-conference, and they'll certainly get all corn. Those yeah. the, those checks and that experience is is valuable for sure. Doesn't leave you a lot of margin for error. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, Arkansas State wasn't great, and South Alabama's a good team. Appalachian State's a good team. Louisiana's a good team. Troy's a good team. It is absolutely a challenging schedule. Sports Talk Mississippi, more coming up. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, 
handful of baseball games going on in the SEC this afternoon. Tennessee beating Charleston Southern in the fifth. Ole Miss trailing one nothing at the bottom of the third to Louisiana Tech. Solo home run at the top of the third for uh, Tech. I think, uh, is it Joseph Vera that got the start today? I think that's who it was on the mound for Ole Miss. Another freshman? Another freshman. Uh, Rebels have runners at the corners with one out. Uh, and Ethan Groff at the plate. Illinois State's at Arkansas. Arkansas leads that one 3-2, to two, two games tonight. Jacksonville against Florida, uh, down in Gainesville, and uh, FAMU is at Auburn. That one goes at 6 o'clock tonight. So lighter slate of games on this Wednesday after 12 games yesterday in the SEC. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky. Let's talk briefly about the baseball game last night in Pearl. Southern Miss and Mississippi State. Hey, Dad, you were you were double duty, right? You were trying to follow baseball and basketball at the same time. Yes. Did you live tweet both? No, no, no. Just just kept up with the game, watched the game, and and was focused in on basketball. That's disappointing. I think I think if you had had dueling live tweet play by play. Where it was like, just this, two two on, two out, three to two, bucket, state goes up 12-11, 8.37 to go, strike three called, four-pitch walk, three's good. (laughs) What am I reading? No, none of that. If I'm not at the game, I'm not going to tweet about the game. I know. Um, how, How big was that last night? Baseball. I mean, they stole one. There's, there, there's no question about that. The, the way the state played, you know, they, they were they should be very surprised to have won the game. Um, and that game was just ugly on both sides. State walks eleven. They have three errors. Uh, they strand a bunch of runners, but at the end of the day, they got the win. So, from a, a confidence standpoint, from a momentum standpoint, sometimes you know when everything goes against you, and you still get the win. Maybe that can be something you can build on. So they 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 should be having some confidence. They've won three straight, uh, and now they head to this this tournament in Frisco. If they can find a way to get a couple of wins there, this was a really good week for them. Yeah. You see the bottom of the the eighth, Richard? I did not. So I, I was under the impression that it wasn't viewable, and then I pulled it up while I was eating supper after the basketball game, and it was like. The final pitch of the game. Yeah, so they got that figured out. Um, we we were joking yesterday that uh, the the broadcaster, the the guy calling the game, is the the voice of the Mississippi Braves, and based on precedent, he was going to be very good because Mississippi, the Mississippi Braves turn out really good broadcasters, right? Yeah. Um, and he did a really good job. I have one complaint, and I shouldn't because I'm glad I got to watch it. That little spinning camera transition thing that was going on all game. Like it was giving me a headache. Like the the picture, if they were going from one camera angle to another, the picture would spin like this and then get smaller and go away every single time. It was headache inducing transition. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I was that that was that that was the only complaint. Otherwise, uh, appreciate them putting it on and the game was well called and all that. I, I. 
I wanted to pose the question on Twitter, but I know how Twitter is and people get mad and I don't feel like dealing with the anger today. Did Mississippi State win that game or did Southern Miss lose that game? Here's why I ask. Because Southern Miss had a three-run lead going into the eighth. Gave up four runs on two hits. Neither of which left the yard. Was it a choke job or was it a clutch performance? Uh, Southern Miss lost that game. I mean, State, State gave them 11 walks, a hit batsman, and three errors. Yeah, he, nine runs, and here, they just gave it away. Here's the order of events. Double, hit by pitch, walk, pitching change, wild pitch, sack fly, hit by pitch, single, sack fly, end of inning. Hmm. Can it be both? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I alluded to at the beginning of the show. Mississippi State did what they had to do to win the game. But Southern Miss offered a helping hand. <laughs> they presented an opportunity that Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State took. A win is a win. State, State gave what? Southern a lot of opportunities to, to win that game. And Southern just gave it right back to them. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say just a, a second ago. I mean, you'll, you'll take a win any way you can get it. And we'll talk about this more in the, the 4 o'clock hour. But you can't let a win cloud the fact that there's some things that you've got to do better. Chief among them, you got to stop walking people. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll be right back. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, 4 o'clock hour with you. Thanks for being with us alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com to learn more. You can be part of the conversation on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601 879 Four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Seaspire Country. Check them out online at seaspire.com slash business. Baseball happening right now. Ole Miss had first and third with one out, ran into an out uh, in a on a comebacker to the mound between third and home, and uh, did not score in the bottom of the third inning. So it's Louisiana Tech one on a solo home run. Ole Miss nothing, and Tech is batting with a runner on first and one out. Ole Miss has gone to the bullpen, and they brought another freshman into the game. Sam Tekoyan is uh, pitching now for the Rebels, trailing one nothing. Of course, Ole Miss lost yesterday 6-5 to um, 
uh, to Louisiana Tech in game one of the two-game midweek series. Well, well, let's just stick with that for a second, and, and then we'll go back to the uh, the Mississippi State-Southern Miss game from last night. So Ole Miss has got to figure some things out on the mound, and this is a particularly difficult week because they're playing five games. Uh, in fact, they're playing what? Was it eight games in ten days? I, I think that's the, that the was, math yep. on on what it is. And it's a pitching staff that is already. I mean, you hate saying this into the third week of the season that already has got some some depth issues, super thin in terms of known ability and experience. It's, right, right, right. Yeah. You, you may have some guys that grow throughout the course of the year that you feel really good about by the time you get to the end of the season, but there, there's a lot of unknown, a lot of new faces uh, that are going to be on the mound. With the absence of Hunter Elliott, whether it's for the year or just for a little while longer, you're, you're dealing with that right now. Josh Mallett's with the uh, Tommy John in the offseason, and of course Riley Maddox has not returned from uh, Tommy John surgery that happened during last year. Maybe at some point he does, but he hasn't to this point. But pitching really wasn't the issue yesterday. It was lack of production offensively. As Ole Miss got beat 6-5, to five, and now they trail 3 nothing. as uh, Louisiana Tech just hit its second home run of the ballgame, two-run home run this time. Uh, Ole Miss scored single runs in the first, second, third, and fourth innings yesterday. They had 13 total hits. They gave up five runs in the top of the fifth inning. So Louisiana Tech had the one big inning, and then they scored a run in the the top of the seventh that turned out to be the difference in the ballgame. And Mike Bianco said, you know, you you look at it and you see five runs and 13 hits, and you're like, it's a pretty good offensive day, but Ole Miss was not able to take any of those first four innings and turn it into crooked numbers to to blow the game open, and that came back to bite them later in the game. I, I know you guys watched it more closely yesterday. It was on while you were doing the show. Any thoughts on the way yesterday unfolded for Ole Miss? Uh, Not really. Uh, I mean, you you know what this offense is capable of. It seems like 13 left is a bit of an anomaly for for what they've done in, in bigger spots in the past. It's, you know, it's one of those that's baseball things in terms of not scoring more than five runs in that game despite the opportunities. But the story is pitching, uh, regardless of the, the guys left on base and, and, and stuff. That, that is the story, is who's going to be somebody? Because you can't score 12 runs a night. You know What did they have against Maryland? It was two on Friday, but 12 and then 18 runs. 30 runs scored in the last two days of a series against a top 15 team. You're not doing that every weekend in the SEC. It's just not happening. So... On those nights where the offense has a weird deal, where they just can't drive guys home, yeah. like like they did on the weekend, who is going to be the guy or guys that can shut lineups down to give your offense a chance to either a have an off night because that's coming, or b give them chances to to settle in, maybe get to a bullpen guy. And then unleash. Who's that going to be? Quinn was good until he wasn't yesterday, which sounds like an oxymoron. But I wonder if he's not a guy that 
they start using on weekends in more of like an extended relief role. Because he looked, again, he looked good until he didn't. He had four and a third perfect last night. Yep. And then the four base runners he allowed after that all scored. Two of which got on base because of a walk. So maybe it's a guy like him. But it's going to be weeks, I think, before we know who's ready mentally and physically to, to assume that role. But there might be some growing pains between now and then. It's just so, something so, you got to deal with. So to your point, Quinn, really good through the first four innings, and he gets a strikeout to start the top of the fifth inning, and then he goes walk, wild pitch, walk, single, double. And just like that, he's his day's done. Yeah. Just ran out of gas there. Rebels going to have to find some offense today, again, down 3 uh, nothing, with two outs in the top of the fourth inning. So I do want to go back to... Um, Hunter, by the way, says all this is getting a little bit of a taste of what State had to deal with last year. Sucks when kids get injured. It really does. And we've talked about that a ton, right? I mean, certainly at this point of the year, it's not to the degree that Mississippi State dealt with injuries in its pitching staff a year ago. But it's significant. And it's there, there, and there's a trickle-down effect, too, right? I mean, anytime you lose your ace... I mean, like you said, there is definitely a trickle-down effect there, but that's also an emotional blow. I mean, because your ace is, is going to be your alpha dog. That's the guy that everybody looks to, hey, Friday night, send him out there, let's get the win. And when he's gone, you know, that's that's something that everybody's going to have to, you know, readjust, and, and somebody else has to step up not only, you know, from a, a playing standpoint, but from a mental standpoint and be the guy that everybody can rally around. Yeah, there was that, and Elliot was quickly becoming, and not just because of the jersey number and the hair and even the little shrug thing that they do before they start pitching, uh, but but he was becoming like a direct clone of Doug Nikhazy, but uh, hearing those players talk about Nikhazy, they knew when he's on the mound, we're winning. That was their mindset. When Doug Nikhazy's pitching, we're winning the game. That simple. Hunter Elliott was kind of—he was becoming that guy. When Hunter Elliott's pitching, they're winning the game because he's just that good, and and that bleeds into everything else. Now I'm sure the team is—I mean, they saw what Doherty did in the national championship, clinching five perfect innings. They saw that, but it's not the same. No, no, it's not. It's not. And all this kind of had co-aces at the end of the season, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you believed equally in, in Dylan Delusha and Hunter Elliott, but Delusha's gone, and so Elliott slides into uh, into that role this season. And after one start, it's possible that his season's done. 6,500 in attendance last night in Pearl. Southern Miss jumps out to a 2 nothing lead. Mississippi State scores 5 in the bottom of the second inning, so they're up 5-2. to two. And Southern Miss starts to chip away. They get two runs in the top of the fourth inning, makes it 5-4. The Mississippi State gets a run back. It's 6-4. And Southern Miss scores four in the top of the fifth inning to make it 8-6. No more scoring into the top of the eighth. It's 9-6 going to the bottom of the eighth inning. And then that's when Mississippi State pieced it together. So here's your bottom of the eighth inning. Lead-off double, hit by pitch, walk, pitching change. Wild pitch, sack fly, hit by pitch, RBI single, sack fly. Ground out to end the inning. 
And Mississippi State goes from down 9-6 to up 10-9, and they hold on in the bottom of the ninth inning. And that was after a one-out double in the ninth. So Mississippi State closes it out. They get the win. I guess what we were talking about a second ago, when, when you look at the box score, that there's some stuff that is concerning. And Hunter said, look, a win is a win. It doesn't really matter how you get it. I mean, they did get some hits. I agree that Southern helped a lot, but State helped Southern a lot, too. Southern just didn't do as much as State at the end. And there's some truth to that. But you have a night where defense kind of reared its ugly head. Mississippi State committed three errors. And you look at the Mississippi State pitching totals, and the Bulldogs had 11 walks to go along with 12 strikeouts, and they hit a batter. It's going to be hard to win many games where you walk 11 and you commit three errors. Yeah, because you're not going to be getting the kind of hitting you're getting in non-conference when SEC play rolls around. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Kemp Alderman hits a solo home run, gets Ole Miss on the board. It's now 3-1 to one in the bottom of the fourth inning in Oxford. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV will continue the conversation after this. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. may have placed itself in the crosshairs of the NCAA, whatever that means in the environment that we're in today. There was an email that came from Stan Wilcox, who is NCAA Executive Vice President of Regulatory Affairs that was obtained by Sports Illustrated, and it was a reminder that current rules prohibit a school from compensating athletes for NIL, including entities acting on behalf of the institution. The memo expressly stated that schools are prohibited from providing assets to entities engaged in NIL, such as priority points to stadium seating and access. This email from the NCAA, though not directed specifically at Texas A&M, appears to be directed specifically at Texas A&M. Two weeks after A&M announced a first-of-its-kind name, image, and likeness initiative through its fundraising foundation, the NCAA sent the memo. February 15th, Texas A&M's fundraising arm, the 12th Man Foundation, announced the creation of the 12th Man Plus Fund, an NIL initiative, allowing donors to contribute to a fund that distributes payments to athletes. While the 12th Man Plus Fund does not describe itself as an NIL collective, Ross Dellinger writes, it operates as such while under the university umbrella, believed to be the first of its kind in the country. 
and donations to the 12th Man Plus Fund are tax-deductible and earn benefits such as priority points, according to the announcement that came from the 12th Man Foundation. Ross Bjork told Ross Dellinger in an interview that the university cleared the initiative through its compliance department. He says, when we approached the 12th Man Foundation, we made sure their initiative, when we were approached by the 12th Man Foundation, we made sure their initiative followed state law and NCAA guidelines. The story says that A&M notified the NCAA and the SEC of the initiative before the announcement, but neither entity actually approved or cleared the initiative. Megan Durham at the NCAA says, Texas A&M notified the NCAA that an NIL-related announcement was upcoming. However, the NCAA did not review or approve any concept prior to the announcement. So, what's next? I'll tell you what. I would have supreme confidence in this getting handled very well with Ross Bjork at the helm. A couple of other quotes. One school athletic official said, this is going to be the way we all do it eventually. What does that mean for collectives? Maybe they go away. There's one school in the SEC that has been operating quietly in a similar manner, according to this story at Sports Illustrated. Arkansas's collective, One Arkansas NIL, is closely associated with the Razorback Foundation and partners with athletes from the state to promote nonprofit organizations. One expert within the NIL industry said A&M is going further. And then there was one other official with an SEC collective that said, we all want to try to bring NIL in-house, but we've been told we can't. Well, A&M has now done it. What a mess. And oh, by the way, a new president at the NCAA took office today. Seems like at least... On the surface, he kind of understands what's happening, though. He gave quotes today about, uh, essentially, if Congress doesn't act, schools got to prepare to start sharing some revenue, because that's where this is headed. Yeah. Charlie Baker, the former governor of Massachusetts, who was a Republican that was elected in a traditionally very blue state, the most popular governor of his constituents in America. He had the highest approval rating of a governor in the entire country out of all 50 governors. Imagine that. I heard Rick Neuheisel talking this morning. Uh, spent a lot of time in the car today, so I listened to a lot. <laughs> and um, or, or maybe it was Chris Childers. I don't remember who said it. Um, pointing out that being a Republican governor in Massachusetts would lend some credence to the idea that you figure out, figured out how to work with people who don't see the world exactly the way you see it. And to get them to like you, I, I believe he peaked at like a 74% approval rating, which is yeah, insane. Yeah, that's almost impossible. Yeah, I mean, find any politician in America who three out of four people like. In, in, in any size. Yeah. 
state level, national level, local level, good luck. Very few politicians win elections with 74% of the vote. Shout out Reagan. Much, much le- yeah, <laughs> there was that. The, the, the re-election campaign for Ronald Reagan was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but that's very rare that that happens, much less 74% of the people approve of you once you're in the job or you have an approval rating that goes while you're in the job. Point being, Charlie Baker knows how to work with people. And it feels like that's going to be really, really important going forward. Has to. I mean, I don't mean to be hyperbolic, but it feels like the future of the sports that we love are kind of at stake here in in the way in which they are currently presented to us. Because if you start, as we say all the time, if you start going down the revenue-sharing road, you're going to lose the sports that I understand nobody cares about from a television viewership perspective. But there are a bunch of sports that nobody cares about that provides things to people that they wouldn't get otherwise by the thousands on an annual basis. You can't, you can't let those go. You can't lose those. I have, I have a friend that went to a small college on a golf scholarship, a girl. She wasn't that great at golf, honestly. She would not have gone to college without it. That simple. Would not have. I don't know what she'd be doing today, but she wouldn't have a college degree because of that. And if you start revenue sharing and and making every student salaried because of Title IX, it would have to be all of them. You're going to lose so, so, so much. Football would still exist because it makes a ton of money. Basketball would still exist because it makes a ton of money. And then only sports that would match those scholarship numbers would exist, and that's it. Or you're going to reallocate the way money is spent. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to avoid losing sports and colleges are forced into a revenue-sharing model with, with athletes, you can't do everything. Right? I mean, whatever that number is, if it's 20% of revenue or if it's 50% of revenue, whatever it is, you can't pay a football coach $10 million and have another, I don't know, 6 or $7 million, say another $10 million, tied up in support staff and pay a basketball coach $6 million and have another couple million tied up in assistant coaches and support staff, and baseball and women's basketball and tennis and golf. You, you, you can't pay the salaries that you're paying to coaches right now at the level that you're paying them right now and also have some significant percentage of your revenue going to student-athletes, Yeah. plus have higher health care costs for them, plus be on the hook for their medical bills after they're out of school. Plus pay for facility enhancements. Right. like the Plus continue to travel on private jets everywhere you go. Yeah. Like and Oklahoma on and State on and on. recently, I think yesterday or the day before, released uh, renderings for a bunch of new stuff they're building, including a brand new softball complex. In act revenue sharing, guess who's not getting a brand new softball complex for millions and millions of dollars? They'll play with I mean, what they got. Ole Miss is about to... Rebuild its softball stadium. If shovels don't hit dirt before 
revenue sharing starts, guess who's not getting a new softball stadium? So some of those projects will go on hold. Maybe indefinitely. And they deserve that. But they're not going to get it. Did you guys see Stewie Mandel's tweet yesterday? No. Today is Mark Emmert's last day as NCAA president. Let's take a moment to highlight his accomplishments over the last 12 years. Dash, 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 dash. Congrats, sir. (laughs) Millions in the bank, though. What a grift. Sports Talk Mississippi will continue with you after this. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on on this Wednesday afternoon. Top of the fifth inning, 3-3 in Oxford, Ole Miss, and Louisiana Tech. Game two of the midweek series. Ole Miss 6-2 on the year. Tech is 5-3 on the year. The Louisiana Tech Bulldogs won yesterday, six to five. Ole Miss got solo home run and then got a uh, two-run single to tie it. I forgot that their baseball stadium got destroyed by a tornado. They, mm-hmm. they showed the graphic of the new one. They rebuilt that thing, and I guess it wasn't completely and totally like flattened, like every ounce of it was gone. But they they did a full-scale renovation and rebuild in a very short time. Like that thing went up quick. I want to read you guys a quote from a story that Nicole Auerbach wrote at the Athletic. Without any context, I just I just want to read you this this excerpt, this quote, and see what you make of it. Um, NCAA committee on infractions kind of opening their playbook just a little bit. Here's the quote. There's so much revenue flowing into certain elements of the membership that we have to really think about how we're going to manage the enterprise if we cannot enforce rules in a fair and equitable manner. What's your reaction to that quote? I'll read it one more time. There's so much revenue flowing into certain elements of the membership that we have to really think about how we're going to manage the enterprise if we cannot enforce rules in a fair and equitable manner. Are they finally getting it? Or is this something else? Well, no, it'll probably end up being something like, you know, we want to keep making all this money, but we don't want to change anything, so how can we do that? So I, I don't take anything, anything anything an NCAA spokesman takes, says, I just 
I assume it's said with the worst of intentions and even less, you know, insight in how to get it done. Maybe I'm a pessimist. I don't know. You are. That's not news. <laughs> okay. It, it does feel like some self-awareness has arrived, but, I, man, I, I am I am just deeply concerned about <laughs> what, when you ask politicians to get their hand in this, what they're going to do with it. That, that, that's what I'm concerned about. And I know, you know, Gallo at 6 tomorrow, whatever. All joking aside. I don't trust them. What do they do well? Seriously, what do they do well? What does our Congress and our Senate do well? What do they do well? Make money for themselves? Fill their own pockets. Stock yeah. trading? Yeah, they do that well. They get rich? Yeah. But in terms of helping us, their constituents, what do they do well? So these are people that are elected to make laws, right? Balance budgets, can't do that. God, oh, we cannot do that. And we're asking those same people that do their jobs so poorly with everything to save something that they know nothing about. That's what I'm afraid of. I, I think that because college sports leadership is, is not... Commissioners and ADs, it's university presidents who don't get it. Uh, some of them do. We, we, I know for a fact we've got two chancellors slash presidents of the, the SEC schools in this state that, that get what sports mean. Right? Like, we're, we're a unicorn here, though. Academic leaders generally don't really know. And the ones that make decisions at the NCAA are like Cambridge College and upstate New York with an enrollment of 1,200 students and the football team got a win last year. Like th Those are the kind of people that are making these decisions. So you can't trust them to get it right because they're not the ones that are reining in and negotiating billion-dollar television deals. And the politicians don't do anything correctly or without corruption. So the people that I think would get this right, like a Greg Sankey, Although he's very powerful, he doesn't have the gavel. And he, he can't write laws. He can try to lobby and influence, but, but that's that's the extent of his power. Yeah. I would try if it were up to him, I would trust that it would get right far more than I, I would name them, but I would offend some people and and others would cheer. But the the people in Congress. Or university presidents from tiny colleges scattered around the country. That's what I'm afraid of. We've got the wrong people deciding this. And because of that, it's going to get screwed up. Now do you want the entirety of the quote? And Bring who said it. it? All right, so Rich Enzer, guy I met last year, is the outgoing commissioner of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, the MAC. Here's his entire quote. The enterprise is at a crossroads. By the way, hey, Dad might say, see, I told you. The enterprise is at a crossroads. There's so much revenue flowing into certain elements of the membership that we have to really think about how we're going to manage the enterprise if we cannot enforce rules in a fair and equitable manner. There are too many riches available at the end of the rainbow 
for some of the folks that go out and break the rules. We have to have a risk-reward system here in place, and right now there's no risk to them because we haven't really had strong enforcement, in my mind, for a while. He basically says the rich schools go out and break rules because there's no reason for them not to. Yeah. Which, isn't that all the more maddening for Ole Miss and Mississippi State? That would just make it very local. I mean, Ole Miss had the, the super highly publicized case that lasted five years, and they got popped pretty good. But Mississippi State has had a, a, a series of smaller things in which they've gotten popped pretty good for, what, a set of tires, a used Mustang. I mean, Southern Cal, we know what happened to them in 2010. 2010 they got shot to the moon over the Reggie Bush stuff. But really, has there been a... You guys are going to have to help me remember this. And Hey, Dad, sometimes you're better at remembering th- things than I am. Has there been another significant punishment handed down since Ole Miss? I think Mary Harden Baylor having to vacate a national championship for their coach letting a player borrow his 2006 Subaru. Um, real thing. That did happen. Yeah, no, uh, it did. What was handed down and, and after Mary Harden Ole Miss. Baylor is a school, by the way. Mary Harden Baylor is a school. Their football coach let a player borrow his 2006 Subaru, mm-hmm. and they had to vacate a national championship over it. I think that, that was handed down after Ole Miss, yeah. Okay. But vacating question, a win is no, not possible. I don't, I don't, we know that. I don't believe that there has been any, especially from a, a big school perspective. Kansas, did they get kind of punished a little bit? I mean, Bill Self is still coaching there, so it couldn't have been too much. Yeah. He's got a lifetime contract. Arizona State was doing what? On-campus recruiting during COVID? Yeah. And they hadn't really gotten punished yet? No. Sean Miller's coaching at Xavier. Arizona finally had to let him go. Then he was exonerated. Memphis has wiggled off the hook a couple of times. There was nothing to see there with Penny and all of the recruiting stuff there. And if they don't make it this year, one tournament trip in five years. We, uh, we still don't have resolution for LSU. Still. But, uh, there, and there are people that think that Will Wade is not going to get anything. And then there are others that still think he is. But who knows, right? And, of course, there was the LSU football thing, and they you know did some self-imposed penalties. But maybe Rich Enzer's right when he says there's no risk to them because we haven't really had strong enforcement, in my mind, for a while. Oh, Missouri got popped. Forgot about that. But it's easy to punish Missouri. And that was academic, remember. It's easy to punish Missouri. Easy to punish Mississippi State and Ole Miss. 
Did Miami ever get in any trouble for all the Nevin Shapiro stuff? No. No, they screwed that investigation up big time. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Oldis has taken a 4-3 lead over Louisiana Tech with a solo home run in the bottom of the fifth inning. Got a runner on first with uh, one. I think was it Ethan Groff that hit the home run. Is that right? I think, I think so. That's right. Yeah, I think it was Ethan Groff. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M Trade Park in Oxford. You can find them online at mtradepark.com. Mtrade Park has got a full, full schedule of events this spring and summer. Baseball tournaments, U-Triple-S-A baseball tournaments, U-Triple-S-A softball tournaments, and some soccer events coming up as well throughout the spring and into the early part of the summer. You can find the full schedule of events on their webpage at mtradepark.com under the Events tab. And if you uh, are involved in scheduling your son or daughter's games, whether you're making recommendations or just kind of presenting options or you're the person that's actually registering them for tournaments each week, be sure to check out the uh, full schedule of events. mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play mtrade. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us this afternoon. Three SEC basketball games tonight after having four last night, including a chance for Alabama to win the league outright. 15-1, and Texas A&M picked up its third loss. They play each other on Saturday, but uh, with a win tonight for Alabama over Auburn at home, A&M can't catch them. Alabama's a 10-point favorite at home. Game's an ESPN 2 at 6. 25-4 overall, and Joe Lunardi has them back at the number one overall seed. Also at 6, Vanderbilt at Kentucky. That's on the SEC Network. Cats are a 10-point favorite at home. Kentucky has climbed all the way to a 6 seed. They're playing really well. And then you've got uh, Missouri at LSU. Missouri looking for its 10th SEC win. They seem to have locked up a spot in the NCAA tournament. Coming off uh, a win on the road against Georgia, and then Missouri will close things out against Ole Miss at home on Saturday. You more interested in Auburn, Alabama tonight, or Vanderbilt, Kentucky? Not Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Well, it's interesting from my perspective, right? Because Auburn, Alabama, I feel like has ramifications. If Auburn loses, they're 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 going to fall behind Mississippi State at some point in the net. But then, you know, with Vanderbilt, you want to see how they play, and if they could beat Kentucky, I, I don't think they could jump jump up ten spots to make it a quad one game for Mississippi State. But if they beat Kentucky, I mean that that would be ten conference wins for them. 
I mean, they really should be in the NCAA tournament if they had played worth a darn, you know, in, in non-conference play. But that kind of is what it is. Yeah. I just, I, I'm not sure what the committee is going to do with Vanderbilt when they look at them. Right? They were 0-2 to start the year with losses to Memphis and Southern Miss. Ah, uh, maybe that wasn't right out of, was that right out of the gate? Yeah. 0-2 to start the year. They've got a win at Temple. They get lost to Grambling, and that's the one that just like flies off Kill the page at you. But, you know, in SEC play, they've been pretty good. They had the stretch where they won five. And I, I feel like the loss at LSU sunk their NCAA hopes. That game that they lost, what was it, last Saturday? Mm-hmm. Or, no, it was middle of the week last week. At LSU, they lost at 84-77. Bounce back with a win over... I mean, if they win at Kentucky tonight, and they beat Mississippi State on Saturday, man, that's a really compelling resume. I still don't know that it's enough, but if they win those two games, they would have 11 SEC wins. Yeah, surely, surely no team with 11 conference wins has ever been left out, but... I mean, the, I don't know. But the, but the all-important net ranking still wouldn't be great. Yeah. And the other thing to consider is Kentucky is really hot right now. They're they're finally starting to play like they're supposed to play at Kentucky, and Sheboy is 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 playing really well. Yeah. So this this it's it's an interesting game. There's two interesting games tonight. Yeah. I wish they were split. I wish they weren't both at six o'clock. I wish one of them was at six and the other one was at eight yeah. because just, I just yeah. don't have a whole lot of interest in Missouri and LSU. Yeah. At, I mean, it's been so hard for LSU this there this year. Two and fourteen in the league. That's tough. Uh, I mean, uh, those fans deserve so. Wait, no. <laughs> All right, Borky. Everybody on the, co- everybody on the coast is going to hate you. The USM fans, the LSU fans. Man, I love Southern Miss fans and respect their passion. They don't love me back. That's okay. What, what, I, don't, I don't think you do. What's interesting, though, is every Southern I Miss fan I meet in, in person is phenomenal. Just just awesome. Every real-life interaction I have with anybody affiliated with Southern Miss is simply awesome and just a pleasant and wonderful experience. So, I always remember that when the tweets start flowing. Five o'clock hour is coming up. We'll start it off with the college football fix. Tough news out of Athens, Georgia. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, thanks for being with us alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. You can visit them online, as we always remind you, at PearlRiverResort.com. Country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford in Super Talk Mississippi. He is giving you a chance to win tickets 
Just enter your name at one of the registration boxes located throughout the state at places like Got Gear Motorsports in Ridgeland, Celebration Nutrition in Columbus, or at Black Sheep Boutique in Tupelo. There are many more. You can find the entire list online at supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen at Vaughn Hemingway on Sunday, April 23rd. Our thanks to the sponsors for this uh, promotion. It's brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. You can be part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Let's do it. It is the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. And remember, it's Truck Month, Mississippi. Get great deals. Check out the new selection, the 2023 F-150, the all-new Ford Super Duty, and pickups like the Ranger and the Maverick. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. So, you remember the tragic death from a car accident at the University of Georgia the night of the national championship celebration in Athens. Jalen Carter was involved, allegedly, and there is now a warrant out for his arrest. It was announced half an hour before he was scheduled to speak today at the Combine. At first, Jalen Carter told the police he was nearly a mile away when a University of Georgia teammate and a football staff member died in a car crash. Later, Carter said that he had been following the car when it wrecked close enough to see its taillights. And at one point, he acknowledged that he was alongside the other car, later determined to be traveling at 104 miles per hour. Carter Projected to be a top pick, maybe the top pick, in the NFL draft. I saw a mock yesterday that had him number one. He left the crash scene, apparently before the police or emergency medical workers arrived. When he returned an hour and a half later, he gave shifting accounts of the wreck as an Athens police officer questioned him about whether he had been racing the car that crashed. Police in Athens earlier today filed misdemeanor street racing and reckless charges against Carter, who is 21 years old in connection with the crash, which killed recruiting analyst Chandler LaCroix and offensive lineman Devin Willock. And then you had uh, Tory Bowles, another recruiting staff member, and offensive lineman Warren McClendon, who were injured. Carter's present at the moment of the crash according to the story of the AJC, previously unreported, alters the narrative that the Athens Police Department offered publicly from the very beginning. It was, officials said, simply a single-car accident caused by speeding. But apparently, from the beginning, the uh, the police had reason to suspect that other cars had been at the scene and they soon learned that at least two of those vehicles were also driven by or were driven by Georgia football players. He released a statement as well, saying he was going back to or he's going to go back to Athens and yeah. uh, to to answer to those charges, and he expects to be fully exonerated. Which 
the story has camera footage because everywhere you go, you are on camera at this point. So that seems ambitious. Jalen Carter's statement. This morning I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants had been uh, issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous numerous media reports also have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the traffic tragic events of January 15th. It's my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known, that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. That's the statement from Jalen Carter. Man, what a mess. Yeah, it is. There such, are Such poor decision-making all the way around. There are people that are intimating that, that the, a possible cover-up was happening. That from the Athens Police Department? From the police. That this wouldn't have come out, this wouldn't have happened had the AJC, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, not reported on it. An hour after the report dropped, the charges were filed. It's an accident that happened weeks ago. But either way, um, you know, it, the first thing you think of is draft status because it's a guy that was about to go number one, right? So, so in that perspective, if you're a team, do you take him? Because on one hand, driving recklessly, even racing on a street, is probably something that a lot of NFL players have done, and we know at least one recently got in uh, trouble is not the right word for driving recklessly in the wee hours of the morning while intoxicated 150 miles an hour and he's awaiting his trial for vehicular homicide it's Henry Ruggs so if you're an NFL team and you've got a draft pick you know that, that this young man drove recklessly possibly intoxicated Definitely in the wee hours of the morning after being out all night, over 100 miles an hour, racing somebody, fled the scene, and then lied about it. Do you then draft that player? I say he will not go number one overall, but he absolutely will be a top of the first round draft pick. Here was a statement, by the way, from the Athens-Clark County Police Department. You see this? As a result of the ongoing investigation into the fatal crash that occurred in the 900 block of Barnett-Shoals Road, ACCPD has secured arrest warrants for Jalen Carter, 21, for reckless driving and racing. The investigation found that Chandler LaCroix, driver of the 2021 Ford Expedition, and Jalen Carter, driver of a 2021 Jeep Trackhawk, were operating their vehicles in a manner consistent with racing shortly after leaving the downtown Athens area area about 2.30 a.m. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists, and drove at high rates of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other. Evidence indicated that shortly before the crash, the expedition was traveling at about 104 miles per hour, the toxicology report indicated that LaCroix's blood alcohol concentration was 0.197 at the time of the crash. 
Investigators determined that alcohol impairment, racing, reckless driving, and speed were significant contributing factors to the crash. We got two athletes in this conference, potential top five overall picks in their sport, with zero common sense. Just the inability to stay out of stupid situations when you are months away from life-changing money, and, and they can't bring themselves to do it. It's really, really frustrating. I um, I drove from Memphis to Athens on Monday night. I intended to stop along the way, but I was still pretty awake, so I just pushed all the way through. In Birmingham, kind of going through downtown Birmingham, I, I don't know exactly what was going on, but there were about eight police cars. And they had like a dozen cars stopped in a line on the interstate. And this would have been midnight-ish, 12, 1, something like that. So it was late. And I don't know, I'm wondering if maybe it was racing. And then as I'm going into Atlanta is one of those things you didn't really realize what you saw until you were past it. There was a car that had gone off the road into the median, which is kind of up on a bank where trees are upside down with smoke coming out of it at like three in the morning. And you got to be careful. We had dear friends that are fortunate to be alive incredibly fortunate to be alive because of a wreck that they were involved in in a, on a Sunday morning in DeSoto County where they were run off the interstate by two cars that were basically drag racing. And if you've been to Jackson, you see that happening all the time, and it happens with cars and it happens with motorcycles. It's scary. Be careful. Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Tight game at Swayze, Olvis, and Louisiana Tech. They're in the top of the seventh inning. Louisiana Tech has the tying run at second base with nobody out. Olvis up 4-3. The Rebels took the lead on the solo home run by Ethan Groff a couple of innings ago. It was in the fifth. Good to be with you this afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Uh, how about the golf thing? Hey, Dad just was like, yes, let's talk about golf. By the way, I would remind you that um, you can hear more of Brian Haydad coming up at 6 o'clock tonight right here on Super Talk Mississippi with Thunder and Lightning on the radio where he will be joined by Mississippi State head basketball coach Chris Jans. That's correct. I have a dentist appointment at 6.20 p.m. 
It's a bad nickname. I, I'm going to be honest. It's not a good nickname. Not a fan? No. Why are they calling not him the dentist? John Rothstein came up with it because when you play a Chris Jans coach team, it's like you're getting a root canal. With no Novocaine. With no Novocaine. That's, that's a bad that's, nickname. That's not good. That's not good. The dentist? No. The dentist. Yeah, if you have to well, explain it's, it's what some a traction, so. You have to explain what it means. Well, I, I had to explain it to you because you're not on social media. No, that's not you, true. On social I, I media. He's got all oh, his little well, nicknames you should, for everybody. Yeah. This is March. Yeah. This actually is March. I, I will never. And f- we will be reminded of that ad nauseum for the next 30 days. Yeah. And we will stay hungry days. and stay humble. Absolutely. Needs a better nickname, though. Yeah. Coach Yans, Christoph Yans. There are a lot of people that listen to this show because that that speaking of catching on on social media, I, I will, I will tweet Christoph Yans, and not a single person will correct me. It's it's only like likes and retweets and like yeah, good win. Not a single person's like, what are you talking about? Because they all get it, and I, I appreciate that very much. I think it's it might be Yans. It might be a soft J. <laughs> Or Jans? Jans. Jans, yeah. Hey, he's German. So, they have you basketball seen... basketball in Germany. Have you seen the PGA Tour news today? Yeah. <laughs> Could not believe it. You'll even get a kick out of this, hey, Dad. All right, give it to me. So the PGA Tour is vilified live golf, right? At, at every turn, we need to grow the game... It's not exclusive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what have they done? They have basically copied Live Golf. Jay Monahan described as uh, decisions that will transform and set the future direction of the PGA Tour. The Tour's policy board voted Tuesday or uh, yesterday, to dramatically change the format for future designated events. So the designated events are the ones that have got the great, like the $20 million purses this year. Right? The way the, the WM Phoenix Open was a designated event. Uh, the Genesis was designated. Arnold Palmer's event coming up this week, it's a designated event where they, like, jack the purses up. And if you're one of the top golfers, you're only allowed to miss one of the designated events. So now they're changing it up. Um, they are going to take those designated events and they're going to shave them down from 150 players to between 70 and 80 players. So it's a limited field event. They're going to eliminate a cut. So there's no, you've got to be good for the first day, two days. So that means everybody finishes in the money. Stupid. And you've either got to be top 50 a sponsor's invite, or a major champion, or, yeah, just like there are a couple of other qualifiers. Stupid. And the PGA Tour will no longer require top players to participate or participate in certain events. They became and, what they hated. Yeah. Live is such a joke of a product, though. I, I turned on the CW. The whole team thing... Just so stupid and goofy, and like nobody there cares. All their big names are way past their prime, besides like Cam Smith. 
I'll tell you what. I, I've been watching the uh, the Drive to Survive, but golf on Netflix. Full, full swing. swing. Brooks Kepka is the worst. It is so good for the sport that he is faded into irrelevancy. The <laughs> worst. And I mean, we, we, we have a sports world where LeBron James exists, and Brooks Kepka's the worst. Is <laughs> Brooks. Brooks is worse than Aaron Rodgers. At it, least Rodgers performs so he's worse at a than high Bryson? level. Yeah. I thought Bryson was the bad he's one. He's worse than Bryson. If Brooks Kepka keep up with who the who's the biggest jerk in golf? If Brooks Kepka is still winning, I don't think he goes to live. Oh, he knew. You could tell watching that he knew I'm falling off bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was in a bad place mentally. Yeah. And he wasn't sure if he was going to resurrect his career, so he went with the guaranteed money. So um I don't, I don't know. So there's no I, cut, is what you're telling me. There's no, no cuts cut anymore. Smaller in golf field, big money. They just turned it into an exclusive event for the best players in the world. Only a few a year, though, and not well, the majors. So it's, yeah. The, the reason they're doing this is simple. They are trying to keep their best players from leaving to go to live. Yeah. So it's like live without the murder and torture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's still better. All right. It's still good. Yeah. Still, yeah, still better. Yeah. And Max Homa is there. And, and oh, by the way... And Tiger. Don't forget Tiger. This is going to be pretty good for the viewing audience. Right? So when, when you flip these events on, everybody you want to see play is going to be at them. And they're going to be there all four days. Yeah. And it's kind of a coup for the advertising. Sales. Also good for, you know, if, if you go to these events. You know, if you're like, hey, I'm going to this event on Saturday, and my favorite golfer is so-and-so, if he misses the cut, and you're like, well, crap. Now you know you're going to at least see him play. Yeah. yeah. Watching people play too, bad, though. You see traditionalists bad. over there just like, ah, this is awful. How about Live Golf on Twitter? At Live Golf underscore league. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Congratulations, PGA Tour. Welcome to the future. Uh, let me know when somebody gets beheaded, and then, then we'll talk yeah. about the imitation. Yeah, the Honda Classic did. 80 times more viewers than than live on CW. So if I were them, I wouldn't be talking about it. And nobody, wa- nobody watches off the with your head. Yeah. I mean, Shane Lowry oh, was, was in the mix, in. I, I guess. I was talking about. Watched every Yeah, you were. Big Chris Kurt fan. Great redemption story. Love that guy. What a, what a player he is. It is, a, it is a good story, though. Oh, it is. Uh, it is. He's overcome addiction issues to uh, get his life back together and... Yeah. Went a couple of times on the PGA Tour. Great story. It is. I haven't, I haven't played in quite some time. Except for I'm trying to teach a little guy how to play. Yeah. And, and I screwed up, though. Because he likes when I am the one like holding like behind him, holding his hands and showing him how to swing because he hits the ball farther. And so he'd rather me you know, swing for him with his hands and his club because the ball goes further. I screwed up. I should have hit it shorter than him so he could do it on his own. But instead, he's like, Dad, no, you get over here. I want to hit it across the yard instead of hit it five feet. So, work in progress. He'll grow out of that. Yeah. By the way, top of the seventh inning, Louisiana Tech has scored a couple of runs. They have taken a 5-4 lead over Ole Miss with a runner on second and two out and the rain coming down at Swayze. And 
That's a little bit of a concern. Yeah. Like the rain piece of it. Because this is an official game at this point. And there's some pretty significant rain that is headed this way tonight. Well, we're going to have to find some offense. One run lost yesterday and staring at the possibility of one today after falling behind. Um, so, we'll they get to uh, we'll play see. in a football stadium. Uh, I, I've seen some people, so there's a picture going around of the configuration. I think it'll look a little bit different than that this time around. That, that was from a few years ago, but either way. The dimensions are totally fine. Well, I don't understand what people are freaking out about. Oh, that's terrible. The dimensions are... a short porch in right field with right. a big, tall with wall. With a tall wall. So, I mean, that's that's what happens at Fenway. I mean, they have a short porch in the left with a big, tall wall. I, the, calling it terrible is weird. It's like they get to play in an awesome, really beautiful football stadium, and a unique thing in the field is fine. Like... It's a turf field in Vanderbilt, so, well, they're playing inside and it's turf. Well, yeah, when you go to Nashville, you play on the same kind of field, and the dimensions are normal. I don't understand the X. It's weird. Just complaining just to complain, I guess. I've never heard of that before. People complaining to complain? It's almost like that happy zone, that uh, social media thing that Haydad extols the virtues of so often. We shall return. Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Ole Miss and Louisiana Tech are now in a weather delay because of lightning within, what is it, eight miles of the stadium? Uh, that's with uh, Tech leading 5-4 in the top of the seventh inning with two outs. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us. Michael Borky points out something funny, really funny, <laughs> happened last night in Louisville. Kentucky. Now, if you're a Louisville fan, there's little that is funny about this season. They are four and twenty-five at Louisville. Louisville. Did they win last night or Louisville, or do they won't lose? They might be four and twenty-six. I'll have yeah. to double check. It's not really important for the story. They okay. lost, but also in a way they won. <laughs> All right. So what we got? A metaphor. That's what we have. What we got? They, at halftime last night, had a Frisbee dog show. Which, those are cool, by the way. I've seen them in person. They're awesome. Guy throwing Frisbee, dogs catching it, all that. Really cool. Guy throws the Frisbee. Dog runs, jumps, catches it. Is coming back to his his mark to go catch another Frisbee. And nature called. Right there on the court at halftime. And he... he Squatted and did his thing <laughs> right there on the court. And the guy runs to try to pick the dog up to get him off the court. Too late. Whoops. Ah. That's not the biggest pile of crap that's been on that court this hey, year. Oh. Hey, there yo. it is. 
Good. There it is. What a metaphor. I was pretty impressed with the dog's ability to get his business going in a hurry. Our dogs have to, you know, they kind of have to like stop and sniff around and decide if it's a good spot and then take their time squatting and then they, you know, get around to doing their business. This guy, he was he huh. was full jog and then he went stop, squat, yeah. pop. Sometimes you're working and you're like, I can hold it, I can hold it, and then you realize, nah, I, I got to go. That's where that dog was. He had caught some frisbees. He's like, I can hold it till the end of this. And then finally the dog was like, nope, got to go. Can't wait any longer. By that time, the prime, the pump was primed, and he was ready to go. Whew. We get this question, and, and I'm curious if you know the answer. Louisiana Tech scored the runs to take the lead in the top of the seventh, and the weather delay happened. So Ole Miss has not Ooh. hit as the home team in the bottom of the seventh. Does that mean anything? Like, do they revert back to the final completed inning, as this texter is suggesting? I've I was never actually... Heard that. I was actually just reading a tweet about that. So apparently the uh, the guys in the media booth press box are, uh, are discussing that. Jake Thompson tweeted, If we're interpreting a rule correctly, Ole Miss might win this game. A game called after five innings reverts back to the last completed inning. And at the completion of six full innings, Ole Miss led four to three. Imagine. What a sham. It would be a fortuitous break. Imagine having yeah. a lead in a game, and the game gets called for weather, and you lose the game. Yeah, that'd be, t- that'd be a tough break. It's my If that is indeed the rule, and you're Ole Miss, you're cheering for this game not to be resumed. Yeah, you don't want to throw any more innings to save your That's- arms. You got three games coming up this weekend. You lost one yesterday. If it reverts to the sixth, you win today. Mitch Morell, who was on the mound and gave up the two runs, is like, please let it rain. Please let the lightning keep going. Please let them need to get back to Ruston. Please, yeah. something, help my ERA. Don't potentially take a loss. Little gamesmanship. Bianco should go up to, to the umpire and say, hey, Blue, you married? How, how's your wife? Oh, she's good. You know, if we wait this rain out, it's going to be hours, hours before you get home to see her. She's probably not going to like that, right? You know, she's expecting you, you know, to be home at seven, and then you show up at ten forty. What happens if it's the other way around, Borky? What if he's like, "Hate my wife"? <laughs> well, then you got to feel that out. Um, oh no, we're gonna we're gonna stay here until this game is ready to go. Well, hey, Blue, here's what you can do. You can tell her, if you don't want to go home right away, that the game was weather delayed, go hang out at a bar for a little while, get some food and some peace. you mm. you, you got to spin it both ways. But work, you know how basketball coaches work the referees, right? Get calls later, work the umpire. <clears throat> tell him he doesn't want to be home late. And get Mrs. Umpire to, you know, not be thrown for a loop when her husband shows up hours after he's supposed to. It's a win-win, literally. Um, yes, it is accurate. By the way, Chase Parham tweeted just a second. Keith Kessinger, uh, Keith Kessinger sent me a message. I, I know how much he despises weather delays. And so I sent him a message a little while ago. It was like, you love a weather delay. He said, favorite thing ever, leading to possibly the worst loss ever for Louisiana Tech if we don't play anymore. And uh, Chase Parham just tweeted, Tech leads 5 4, but it was uh, the Rebs 4 3 at the end of the last full inning. Kendall Rogers. 
tells me that this is correct and Ole Miss would win the game if it is called right now. That's so hey, ridiculous. Dad calls shenanigans. That is ridiculous. Shenanigans. Losing what? a game that ended when you have a lead is ridiculous. That is. And it's I not mean, fair. It's but, not fair. But you can't. You can't give a team a loss when they didn't have a chance to finish the inning. Yeah, set up a base in a portable uh, pitching in mound the in the indoor practice facility. Hmm. I mean, a tie is not much better, but it's not fair. That's why every stadium should be domed. That right there. Trial by combat. Yeah. Pick a champion from each team. Fastball competition. Oh, get, it, get into the player personnel well, Never mind. Building. Ole Miss is winning that easy. They're sitting Taiwan Malone out oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> they're, winning the, they're sitting in the mountain out there, brother. They got no chance. I mean, between the combination of Ty Malone and, and Kemp Alderman, you like your chances. Yeah, I mean, if against you, somebody, yeah. everybody. If you're talking about college baseball teams in a fight, I, I think Ole Miss would, would be the national champion again if it was just get on the mound and start just throwing hands. Malone. Yeah. Yeah. Who am I fighting? Does it matter? No. All right. All right. So we're we're looking ahead for this Mississippi State basketball team. And if you missed it earlier, Chris Jans is going to join Brian Haydad on Thunder and Lightning on the radio at uh, six twenty tonight. So second segment of uh, the show that's immediately following us here on Sports Talk Mississippi. What's left for Mississippi State, and what are they going to accomplish? So the net rankings updated following. The completion of all the games last night, and Mississippi State had a tumble, despite winning. Right, so so Mississippi State goes from thirty nine to forty four after a win. It was their twentieth win overall. They're one game below five hundred in conference play, and they have Vanderbilt remaining on the schedule. Hey, Dad, do you believe that they have to win against Vanderbilt to be in? I don't believe I, I. I'm really close on this. I'm I'm really like on the on the fence with this. Um, before last night, before this drop of to 44, I thought they could win if they won last night. They'd probably be good. Didn't expect them to drop to 44. Um, not you know. I know you played a quad four team, but you would think 20 or 30 games into the uh, the season that the, it wouldn't be that consequential. A five point drop is a lot. Uh, of course, you saw last night. You know, Iowa went up ten spots, and Indiana dropped ten spots as a result of their game. I think that shift, that little seismic shift there, is what sent everybody tumbling and going wherever they are. So, I think State would probably be in the the play in game, even with a loss to Vanderbilt. But a, a win would just put them in, and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Now, a loss, you probably, you, it, it would be very helpful to win it one game in a in Nashville next week. Going into their game tonight against Kentucky, Vanderbilt is 85 in the net. Kentucky's 19. So um, a win for either of those, well, uh, a win tonight for Vanderbilt would be a quad one win. And it certainly would help Mm -hmm. their net. A loss to Kentucky is really not going to hurt Vanderbilt tonight. And so Mississippi State will be playing what will amount to a quad two game on the road. And there's really no hurting Vanderbilt, period, because I don't think they're in. No. Yes, I meant from the standpoint of how it would help Mississippi State on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, oh, yeah, so yeah, the, they'd have to drop fifty spots. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the better the better the net rating for Vanderbilt, 
the better potential win it is for Mississippi State in terms of the formula right. and all those things. That's kind of what I was getting at there. Um, yeah. Joe Lunardi's projections are just that, right? It's not the gospel. That's a projection. He's really good at it. Well, last year he got like 67 of 68 or 66 of 68, something like that. He missed on Texas A&M. He thought they were going to be in. They were not. So while it's not exact with Joe Lenardi, it's pretty darn close, unless the committee randomly decides to start throwing curveballs this year, but there's no reason to believe that that's going to be the case. Conference, what, champ week, I guess is what they call it. Conference tournaments have started. Yeah. And so you're watching these smaller tournaments, and you're if you are a Mississippi State fan, you're trying to figure out who to cheer for. Chalk. You're cheering for chalk. You, you want all of the favorites to win all of the smaller tournaments. You don't want bid stealers. Inevitably, there will be some. That's not what you want, though. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up with you next. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on supertalk.fm, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Final countdown. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Great to uh, be with you. Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Don't forget you can check out the Collegiate Collection as we transition into warmer weather. Make sure that you've got uh, the best-looking golf shirts for your trips to the ballpark this spring. Whether you're headed to Swayze, to Duty Noble, or to Pete Taylor Park, be sure to get the Collegiate Collection gear for your favorite team online at genteelapparel.com or at men's specialty clothing stores all across the state of Mississippi. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Hoops tonight. Baseball is in a weather delay for Ole Miss. We, we talked about that. If you're just tuning in, Rebels led 4-3 to going into the seventh inning. Louisiana Tech took a 5-4 lead. Field was cleared because of lightning in the area, rain coming down as well. Looks like it's going to rain a good bit tonight. Don't know if they've got a chance to finish it out. If the game is not resumed, it would uh, return to the last fully completed inning, which was the sixth, when the score was 4-3 with Ole Miss in the lead. What a sport. That would be a bit of a tough break for the... La Tech Bulldogs. No idea how the game would finish if resumed, but as it stands right now, I'm sure Louisiana Tech likes their chances. What a what a ridiculous sport baseball is. Just, what do you mean? They have the lead on the field. They are winning the game. And because it's raining, and isn't it bad rain, like thunderstorms, like strong stuff 
Not just a little rain, but more serious. Anyway. But because the weather didn't cooperate, they're going to lose the game despite having the lead in the game? Could you imagine that happening in football? And I know 12 games versus 56, it's, it's different. But still, could you imagine the weather <coughs> causing you to lose a football game you're winning? Uh, that would be a tough pill to swallow. Or basketball. Heck, do basketball. Ah, well, you're not in the under-eight timeout, so... <laughs> Once we get past the under-16, this game is official. In yes. the event we can't finish the next four-minute block of this game, we will... If a dog poops on the court re- and then things go, you know, haywire. If we don't finish the next four-minute segment, we will return to the most recently completed four-minute segment of the half, and whoever was ahead at that point will be declared the winner. Derek says, shut up, Borky. I mean, it's not like my opinion is going to impact their decision here. It's it's, it's going to be fine. They'll, they'll make the call. Um, Illinois State and Arkansas are tied at nine in the ninth inning. Wow, whoop pig. Tennessee beat Charleston Southern. Auburn and FAMU play tonight. Florida leads Jacksonville 2-1. to one. Light, light slate of games today in the SEC. Yeah. Speaking of the... Uh, aforementioned dog poop on the court thing. I said yesterday on this show when you were out that I, if I were Keith Carter and he were interested, who knows if he wants to get back into coaching or not, but if he does, I think I would make, I've changed my mind on this, I think I would make Chris Mack my priority one if I were Keith Carter. Have you heard anybody talking about that or if that's a possibility or, I mean, we're up against the end of the show, we'll talk about this more tomorrow, but that is an intriguing candidate to me. Wins at in regular tournament appearances at two different places. Totally, completely exonerated by the NCAA. No scandal. Good recruiter, apparently. Yeah, we kicked his name around a little bit, uh, what, a week or so ago? Yeah. I will say, we do probably need to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow. Um, you would have thought that I would have learned a lesson about speaking in absolutes and definitives. When I made the uh, the comment that uh, Malik Newman was not walking through that door, talking about him going to Mississippi State, um, it's like you always need to leave yourself a little wiggle room. A couple of weeks ago, I made very definitive, no room for interpretation statements about who Ole Miss was not going to hire. And I think at least half of what I said is still 100% true. But I do think that there is um, some due diligence that is happening with another of those two candidates. Maybe we can talk a bit more about that tomorrow afternoon. What is it Hey Dad says all the time? Presented with new information? I am willing to change my mind. Perhaps. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Coaching searches change. What's true today is not necessarily true tomorrow and was not necessarily true yesterday. Have a good night. See ya.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.